We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What a week it has been for this country. My name is Bo Matthews, and if you look back on just this first full week of 2021, you're probably scratching your head going, okay, what could happen next? What could possibly happen? happen next. I believe 2021 looked at 2020 and said, here, hold my beer and watch this. I mean, for what we've seen in the headlines has been crazy from the events at Capitol Hill. That was frightening to watch. And I was glued to the TV all day. uh, And you may have been as well or glued to KMOX uh, listening for updates to find out what the heck was going on. We're still trying to figure out that and the sad loss of a U.S. Air Force veteran uh, being shot in the Capitol building, and that investigation continues. Uh, but on the positive side, if there is a positive side, the market is still breaking records. It is just amazing to see that we've topped over 31,000. That, that is a record for the, the stock market, and I don't have the answers. I really don't. I don't know why it's happening. When you see terrible headlines, you see the stock market go up. I don't understand that, but I do know somebody that has a perspective on it. His name is Dave Simons. You've heard him on KMOX before. I've invited him to be on the program to give us a perspective of what's going on, what may be uh, what we could expect in the near future or even the distant future under a Biden administration. Um, Also, to look back in history with the stock market and politics and say, have we ever had a situation like this before? Because I'm curious, and I want to know, well, Dave Simons is absolutely the guy that can shed some light on that, uh, and you'll be hearing from him in the program. Uh, Some other things that are going on in our world, um, we have the St. Louis Auto Show. Normally happens at the end of this month. It has been postponed, and we are going to talk to uh, Doug Smith. He is the executive vice president of the St. Louis Auto Dealers Association. It's always an event that I enjoy going to and getting my family out and and going to see what's new on the market for vehicles. Of course, there's so much talk about electric vehicles, and I'm sure they'll be prominent uh, when the St. Louis Auto Show happens at a postponed date. It's not going to happen at the end of this month, but we're going to get all the details from Doug Smith in this very first hour. Also, a local St. Louisan has gone viral. Matter of fact, ironically, he was a guest on my program just over the holidays, um, and we were talking about what he does. And what he does is uh, he's got a podcast called St. Louis Leaders. Brian Bisking, uh, since being on this program, and it must be all our our doing, uh, he has a video 
that uh, he put up on TikTok, and it has received millions of views and even offers from companies that want to buy the rights to that video. I've I've been communicating with him since I saw that uh, his video went viral. I was like, okay, I want to know more because if I ever had a video that went viral, uh, and we will look at my YouTube channel on the program and and not not look at it, but I'll look at the stats on it because I want to find out what videos I have the most views on. So we're going to dig into that and find out, but. If you have a, a video that happens to go viral, and, and that could mean a lot of different things. It could be, uh, you know, if it's over a million views or two million views or whatever that is, uh, you know, these companies will approach you like they have uh, with my guest, Brian Bisking. They have approached him uh, in the last several days because they want to buy the rights to that. And what does that look like for you? If you get a video to go viral and companies contact you, what do you do? Do you take the first uh, cash they offer you or do you do something else? Because he has a number one rule you should do if you have a video that goes viral and you want to be able to make some money on it. He can he can shed some light on that. So that's going to be cool. Also, there's a, another viral video that's been out there, and this is viral, about a DoorDash delivery person not happy with her tip, and lets the customer know that. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna play some of the audio from that, and if you've had a great experience with DoorDash, fantastic. If you've had a bad experience, you'll be able to compare your experience to this young lady that uh, drives for DoorDash and what happens there. And I'm also going to reach out to a guy that I know that is in the gig economy and has been doing this for a long time. I want to I want to compare some stories. Has he ever had a horrible situation like uh, this driver had? And, you know, what's the biggest tip? Or has he ever been stiffed him and not paid him a dime for delivering their goods to him? So we're going to find that out as well. But, of course, all eyes have been on Washington, D.C. this week. And I'm so thankful that we have a colleague of ours in our building, Mark Cox, from the Mark Cox Morning Show on 97.1 FM News Talk. He has been on the ground. He planned to be in D.C. for this past week for all the events that were going to be going on regarding the certification of the electoral votes. Um, and so he was just going to be around all that because, of course, President Trump said, hey, come to D.C., be a part of this history. And so, of course, we know the headlines that happened on Wednesday at the Capitol building. And it's it's quite shocking to a lot of people when you look at that and you go, wow, how did we get to this point well, my buddy Mark Cox, and I've known this man for many years, from his TV days to his radio days at 97.1 FM Talk, he has a great following, and he's a great guy. He's a real, he's just a real guy, and that's what's shocking about him. I think po- most people are put off by, you know, he should have an attitude, or he should have an ego that's crazy. He doesn't. He's just a really great guy, and he's easy to talk to, and that's why I've reached out to him and said, Mark, I want you to be on my show on KMOX because I want to know from your perspective what you think what happened in D.C. Was it the same headlines that we're all seeing on mainstream media? So we're going to check in with Mark. Actually, we're going to do that next because it is so important that uh, with him being there, uh, he's going to be able to shed some light on all of that. And that is going to begin the show coming up next. My name is Bo Matthews, and this is the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Man on the street in Washington, D.C., a longtime friend and colleague uh, here at KMOX. Actually, he's on uh, 97.1 FM Talk. Mark Cox from his morning show is in D.C. Who made the decision, first of all, Mark, for you to be in D.C. for this past week? Well, Bo, I'll have to tell you, Mark made the decision to be in D.C. Uh, I took some vacation time and decided to come up here. 
separate from my duties at the radio station. Right. And uh, therefore just happened to be here when uh, when this disaster happened yesterday. Uh, and, you know, I'm 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 glad that I was here to witness it, because more than anything, what I've tried to do is give people a different perspective than what they're hearing. And a lot of the newscasts that have happened since then, a lot, even the I'm even disappointed with the post dispatch coverage. Uh, very, very much so. And, and, you know, I'm glad that I could be here for it. Uh, I was probably 50 yards from the front steps of the, the Capitol portico there on the backside of the Capitol when this happened. Yeah. And are you, are you really familiar with Washington? You've been there several times. You know, I've been here for a couple of conferences. We did my morning show live here, uh, the last couple of years from uh, from a Federation for American Immigration Reform uh, conference that they have each year. So I uh, you know I I've, I've been here a fair a fair number of times. I I, I can't uh, compare myself to a Washington native, but I certainly know my my way around the streets. Yeah, yeah. And and so the goal of going there uh, on your own time and then it turned out to be a whole bunch of work uh, was to just be part of what was going on uh, because I mean, you know, last week President Trump was like, you know, I'll see you in D.C. on the sixth. Was that why you were going, or were you? What was the main reason? Because it turned out to be something totally different. Well, you know, Bo, I have to say, um, I had already planned to come down here. I knew there were a number of rallies before the president put out a call for people to come here. Right. Uh, I, you know, I, I am among the group of folks who believe that many, many questions remain about about that election in November. And I think those those questions need to be addressed for people who uh, agree with me politically to move forward with any confidence in our election system. And and I, you know, I, I, I'm not a uh, rioting kind of guy, but what <laughs> I am is a person who five days a week on my radio show exercises my First Amendment rights to express my opinion. I feel that the Constitution provided the language in the 12th Amendment for what Josh Hawley and Jason Smith and others were trying to do. Yeah, and I just wanted to come here and show my support for that effort. Uh, it's that simple. It was, it was nothing more than that. Uh, and I attended the president's rally in the morning. There was one near the Lincoln Memorial. And then we all marched together down the street to the Capitol building. And uh, later, later in the day, a group of people that I'm convinced had had no connection for the most part to why I was here decided to do that horrible illegal action by breaking into the United States Capitol. And and let me ask you this, because, you know, whether it's COVID or whether it's the election, we're all looking for answers. And that's why we listen to shows like yours, the Mark Cox Show on 97.1 FM Talk, because we're all looking for answers. And what I think what baffled me the most about uh, the certification of the electoral votes is, yes, Holly and Cruz, uh, you know, and a lot of uh, his constituents uh, stood up in opposition of the election, but it didn't seem like it did anything. It was more of a, a, a just a, a tradition that they go through, and there was really nothing done. Did they expect, I mean, they probably expected something else, wouldn't you think? I, I don't know if they did. I listened to Senator Cruz talk about that, Bo, and, you know, he said that, that li- much like I had described leading up to it, whatever this is, it, it was designed by the founders of this country as a, as a last-minute mechanism to address grievances with an election right that's that's what it's in there for and and if any uh, congressman or any senator feel that there's something wrong with the way a vote was taken 
or electors were, uh, you know, a slate of electors was sent uh, to represent a particular state, this is their opportunity to stand up and object to it. Um, the, at, the, at the end of the day, I hear a lot of people who disagree with me on that say, well, there were 50 or 60 lawsuits, some of them with Trump judges. They all rejected these allegations. I heard well, the same no, thing. Yep. No, no, they didn't. Uh, there were a number of lawsuits. And yes, some of the judges who, who turned down these suits were t- appointed by Donald Trump. But in, in the vast majority of those cases, they never ruled on the substance of the alleged problem. They, they ruled on, you know, something like standing, whether or not somebody had standing to bring the case in the first place. Well, you know, I'm sorry, the United States Supreme Court missed its opportunity to step in here and do the right thing. And therefore, we came down to the last best chance to express that concern. And quite frankly, that was on the House and the and the Senate floor. And that happened sometime, uh, you know, Wednesday night into Thursday morning because of what happened down there. But it eventually happened. Right. And they were able to stand up and express their concerns. And we can only hope now that the the state legislatures who are ultimately put in charge of this by the Constitution will go back and address these problems moving forward. Wow. Now, right away, the day after the melee that happened at the Capitol building, uh, we start hearing about the 25th Amendment and we start hearing about impeachment, which one was going to happen, which one you know would be the best move. Um, it, it, you being in Washington, D.C., Mark Cox, you were there. Are, what are you hearing <laughs> on the street? Are, are, I mean, is that what people are saying? No, I, I, you know, I've seen a few headlines about it. I saw Nancy Pelosi and uh, Corey Bush from there, uh, from our home state there in Missouri, yeah. talk about it. No, no, nobody that anybody is going to take seriously. Nobody's going to take that seriously. And the, the allegation is because somebody took an action that was not uh, ordained or, or, uh, you know, requested by this president, you suddenly have grounds to remove him from office two weeks before he would otherwise be leaving office. Right, right. It's, and it's, and Bo, the, it's, it's just silly season, Bo. That's, y- that's what it is. It's maddening, isn't it? And we all, you know, continue to look for answers. And, and even, uh, you know, a spokesperson for uh, Trump said that, you know, there will be a transition of power on January 20th. He's not happy Peaceful. with it, but it, it's, right. it, it's, it's going to happen. Um, you know, the other thing I wanted to ask you was that uh, uh, the people that have resigned just since Wednesday – uh, you've seen the list, I'm sure. Um, what what do you what do you make of that? Uh, I'm sorry, the the phone dropped out a little bit. Could you repeat that? Uh, question? A lot of resignations have happened since Wednesday. Oh, okay, all right, yes. So, uh, what do you what do you make of that? Is it just the rats <laughs> jumping off the ship kind of it's, thing? Th- that's what it is, Bo. I mean, this is this is um, you know Donald Trump when he got in office took over a a position in the swamp. If right. you'll excuse the overused word where people are lifelong, often lifelong government employees, and they jump from administration to administration, or they work deep in a, the bureaucracy of the CIA or the FBI or the State Department, and they, they, it doesn't matter to them who the president is. For the most part, they move from one administration to the next. Right. And in, and in a lot of these cases, the you know these folks, you never hear from them unless their livelihood gets threatened. Donald Trump threatened that because he's a different kind of president. Uh, he's an outsider. And I think a lot of these folks who are jumping ship are doing it because they see a convenient opportunity to somehow ingratiate themselves with 
the other party in hopes that they can get another job when they leave Washington. Man, as you're nothing saying, nothing more, nothing less. As you're saying that, I mean, it just it makes complete sense. I mean, it's job security, if you will. It's uh, it's relevancy in in the in the government. Um, so right. I get. I guess that's. That's it. it. Man, I, I'll tell you what. I, say what you will about this president, but, man, he has pushed so hard for so long against the swamp uh, and the swamp creatures, if you will. Um, and and he fi- he's finding out the hard way, and a lot of people that support him are finding out that the swamp creatures are monstrous. <laughs> they, they, they fight back and they claw back and they become whistleblowers and they do whatever they can to undermine his efforts, and now they've succeeded in helping remove him from office, which was their goal for four years now. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, it, it's sad in, in my opinion. Uh, and, and I, the, the bounce back is going to come, Bo, just you, you and I both know that in 2022, the Republicans will take back the house because what's going to happen the next two years, in my opinion, uh, is going to, is going to be, uh, bad for the country. And, and I think that, uh, there's going to be an overzealousness on the part of the people who will now control the Senate and the House and the presidency to do things that the vast majority of Americans don't want. And I think they will return power from at least one of those two chambers to Republicans in 2022. And just like uh, we had you on the uh, Second Amendment radio podcast exclusive, uh, we talked about that. Second Amendment rights are, are you know the biggest thing for a lot of Americans, uh, whether it comes to hunting or, or self-security. Uh, it's, it's frightening to see what could happen in, in uh, two years. I mean, look how quickly it could all happen. So yes. anyway, so m- most importantly, uh, are, are you, you, are you flying back or are you driving back? We are driving uh, back to St. Louis and, you know, it took us about, well, I don't know, 13, 13 and a half hours to get out here. Um, and most of that was nighttime driving and we've had good weather. So we hopefully we'll be back Friday late evening sometime. Well, I'll tell you what, I, 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 this trip turned out to be something a lot different than what you probably imagined. So on behalf of uh, the listeners of KMOX, Mark Cox from uh, the Mark Cox Morning Show on 97.1 FM Talk, thank you for your service to get the truth out to us because you really can't, you cannot really believe everything you see in mainstream media, can you? No, indeed you can. I've been very disappointed with how that's turned out. And, Bo, I appreciate you having me on, my friend. Yeah, Thank buddy. You. Safe travels to you. We'll see you when you get back to St. Louis. Yes, sir. You know, and speaking of coming back to St. Louis, the St. Louis Auto Show is coming. Now, normally it happens at the end of January every year in downtown St. Louis. It's an event that I enjoy going to because my favorite is going to see the concept cars and seeing all the people from around the region because St. Louis's Auto Show is so big. Uh, it is going to happen, but it has been postponed. We are going to be talking with Doug Smith. He's the executive vice president of the St. Louis Auto Dealers Association. And if you look forward to the auto show like I do, well, you'll want to stick around to get the latest information on what they're doing, how they're pivoting to make sure that the St. Louis Auto Show happens. And we'll talk to Doug coming up next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You know, the weather gets cold, and, you know, downtown St. Louis, in many years past, you can always expect a couple of big things. One thing is monster trucks. They're always down there. And uh, the great auto show that is uh, in St. Louis, and it goes on every year. And, of course, we've had a pandemic, if you haven't heard, and there has been an adjustment, and very proud of the uh, St. Louis Auto Dealers Association because they've learned to pivot because we're still all dealing with COVID-19 and they've got precautions they need to hand in. And uh, normally it happens uh, right after the first of the year, but I have Doug Smith, the Executive Vice President of the St. Louis Auto Dealers Association, on my line right now to join us to uh, let us all know when can we see those concept cars. When can we see the new and improved whatever's out there? Welcome to the program, Doug. How are you, sir? I'm great, and thank you very much for having me, Bob. Absolutely. Now, it's always a highlight for me. Now, and last year, the auto show did happen, correct? It did. Yeah, it did. like it, it normally did. Same, right. It was the same weekend as the All-Star weekend for the NHL. Um, so you had two really big, uh, nice events downtown St. Louis going on simultaneously last year yeah and uh, normally in like february i do a big dogs poker bash to benefit the police department and uh, in eureka and uh, and we got that in last year uh, in 2020 just before you know everything went into the world we've been living in for the last uh, several months um and so tell us tell us what you guys have decided at the st louis auto, De- auto dealers association what should we do well, an abundance of, a ca- of caution, uh, you know, we, uh, I think late summer we'd made the decision to, you know, try to have a January auto show, uh, like we have for years past. Um, and, uh, we were full steam ahead with that around October with the spike in the number of cases, um, you know, really trending in the opposite direction of what we wanted to see. Of course. We made a conscious, conscious decision with our board of directors to look at exploring different dates or, or maybe some later dates in the year for the auto show in 2021. Uh, worked very closely with the America Center, who's who's been great through all of this, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, about looking at some alternative dates, and we came up with some dates in uh, April, April 8th through the 11th. Fantastic. That we think will work, and if things are trending in the right direction, we are very hopeful that we'll have an auto show uh, for the good folks of the metro area of St. Louis and, and beyond um, on those dates. I think the coolest I think the coolest thing about the auto show is you know it's it's such a, a regional event that it brings people from so far and wide from St. Louis. You, you have people you know coming in from the outskirts of town, but beyond that, because it's such a spectacle to show off the uh, the latest of you know what's being offered by the different manufacturers that are out there. Um, and and real quick, how long, Doug, have you been with the uh, St. Louis Auto Dealers Association? 
uh, three years now uh, and directly involved with the show for the past past three years. And okay, so I know what I look forward to every year. What What is your favorite thing and you working in the inner workings of this event? Uh, what's your favorite part of the show? Oh, I think the, the new product, you know, the, the stuff that has not yet hit the market that is coming, uh, whether it's in a concept, concept phase or it's actually going to be put into production. I think that's the one thing that I always get a thrill out of. You know, we're in the golden age of automobiles, in my opinion. Uh, I know that there'll be people that will argue with me on that, on that <laughs> timing, but uh, I think the technology that you see in the vehicles is so advanced and the things that they do, uh, you really wonder what the manufacturer is going to come up with next. And uh, our auto show is a great venue for them to display all the things that they're thinking about doing, uh, the things that they're actually uh, planning on implementing to keep us safe, to help you enjoy the experience of driving a vehicle, whether it's, uh, you know, a gas powered vehicle or whether it's a uh, electric vehicle. Well, that's a big thing. And so uh, I I would guess all your manufacturers got word that you had postponed until April 8th through the 11th at America Center and they were on board. No problem. We'll be there. We're in the process of, of communicating that to most of the the, uh, uh, the, the manufacturers. Um, the, the quick feedback that we've gotten is they're very appreciative. They are giving it consideration. You know, a lot of these, um, the, the people that do the shows have basically been laid off for 2020. Yeah. Uh, there have not been shows. Uh, the big ones that were canceled were, of course, the Detroit show, the Los Angeles show. And then there's numerous shows, you know, similar to metro areas of our size that have had to cancel altogether. Uh, and those people that put on those shows, the production companies that help the manufacturers of those shows, their, their employees have been laid off. Right. So we think this is a great way to get them back to work. Uh, there was an auto show a few weeks ago down in Orlando uh, that was put on by the Orlando Auto Dealers Association and um, went off without a hitch. Um, you know, masks were required and social distancing was required. Uh, but, um, you know, the, all the reports that we've gotten, and we actually sent one of our employees down there to just kind of go through the show and see how it would work. Oh, cool. Uh, comment, commented about how great it went off without any problems. So uh, we're, we're encouraged by that. Well, I, I love the event because you always see uh, families at the auto show in downtown St. Louis uh, because I truly believe it's like when you're picking out a house, uh, the kids have to be on board of, of to what you're buying, you know, which bedroom is going to be theirs or whatever. I'm sure the kids want their DVD screens in the back or not, not even DVD anymore. It's just like a direct link. Um, but, you know, kids get to help pick out which minivan or truck or car that they're after. Um, but for the families, you guys have planned for the post postponed St. Louis Auto Show, a lot of events that are going to be uh, d- directed around entertaining the people that show up. So let's talk about some of these, like vehicle drifting. Talk to me about some of the things you got planned. We're planning on doing a lot of the same things we did for the 2020 show. Uh, drifting has been one of our biggest our biggest attended events. Uh, we get the drift teams uh, that come in and, and put on some performances for us. Uh, we've done some other things, some more interactive displays. I'm not sure if we'll be able to do those kind of things this year. Uh, last year, Subaru came in uh, with, uh, was, was very present on our show and came in with their Share the Love. Uh, one of their concepts was his pet, pet adoption. So oh, yeah. there were, uh, yeah, there was a corral with, you know, 10, 15 puppies in there. It was a, it was a huge, <laughs> a huge draw for families. Uh, in the past, we've done a kid zone that has kid activities uh, in, in the dome that uh, you know, kids can participate in. Kids under the age of 12 are admitted free. We fully expect to do that again for the 2021 show. Uh, and we try to make it as family-oriented uh, an event as possible for our guests. Uh, it's really one of the few places you can go 
and see over 500 automobiles of different makes, different sizes, different manufacturers, and interact with that automobile, uh, sit inside it, you know, fiddle with the gadgets, see if there's enough leg room, those kind of things. <laughs> right. And, uh, we're, yeah, we're very proud of that, of that fact that, that we're able to bring that to St. Louis. So events like the stunt bike performances, indoor rock climbing, is that kind of uh, possibly still going to happen, or is that for sure, we're, do you know? We're evaluating all that. Okay. We do have the, uh, the power sports uh, aspect of the show, which we've added a couple of years ago, where we do have motorcycles and UTVs and, and some golf carts and different things like that that uh, people might be in the market for, and it's all under one roof. Um, you know, we're going to reevaluate what is the safest way to have this venue uh, for the people to enjoy it and still know that they're going to be protected from, from anything that may, you know, bring them harm as, in terms of related to the virus. Of course, of course. But America's Center is so huge. Um, will you be taking up the dome uh, square footage as well or just uh, America's Center side? I think we're looking at using our normal footprint, which is uh, all five halls. All of it. <laughs> and the annex, yeah. And, you know, we've had to do that out of necessity over the years because of the number of attendees that we get. Um, and I think even more so we'll, we'll have to look at, uh, uh, you know, four space limits, the number of people that are coming in on the floor at, at one time. Of course. Um, you know, uh, you know we'll do the temperature screenings and all those things. And, and, again, we're working very closely with America Center on all those protocols. Um, you know, we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very hopeful, but I'm also realistic at the same time that, you know, we want to be able to provide – as safe a venue as possible, and and uh, we're not going to put anybody at risk. And and point. people need vehicles; they want to know what's out there. The you know the self driving cars or the self assisted driving cars. There's you know the technology is moving so quickly, uh, so it's exciting. I mean, yeah, and I'm just so happy that you didn't have to resort resort to a a virtual car show um, because we can get that <laughs> when we Google it anytime we want to. But even the uh, consumer electronics show that happens in Vegas, that's all virtual this year. Right. Uh, but you guys right. are definitely doing your best to make make it an in-person event. Doug Smith, the executive vice president of the St. Louis Auto Dealers Association, with good news. We're postponing from normal late January time to April 8th through the 11th at America Center. And uh, Doug, if you wouldn't mind uh, letting people know uh, where they should connect with you guys to find out the latest uh, updated information and tickets and that kind of stuff. We're going to have everything updated on our website, and uh, we're actually creating a new website for, for 2021. Uh, all the show information will be available on stlouisautoshow.com. Um, it should be operational later today, actually. We'll oh, wow. Format, all the, all the new information. Um, and um, ticket information, we'll probably, we'll probably look at a ticket sale starting around the end of February, um, where you could buy online tickets. Um, but everything you need to know about the show should be available at that website, com. Doug, if anything, this has given us some hope that we're going to try and get back to some kind of normalcy. So congratulations on all the work you guys have done uh, to this point and continued good luck leading up to showtime, which is April 8th through the 11th. And hopefully you can get uh, every every vehicle that uh, is out there. And and why is it do we not see real concept vehicles turning into road vehicles? Because that's the thing. You see these Batmobile-looking things 20 years ago. Where are they? I want them in here. I want them on the road. You know, I think at the end of the day, brother, like anything else, it boils down to cost. You know, what can <laughs> the manufacturer produce and, and also make a little bit of money on? Uh, you know, the, one, of the last, one of the things in the last few years that has actually been a concept that's been at our show and has become in the full production is the, uh, the, the new Corvette. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, we had that at our show last year, and it was, of course, you know, one, of the, one of the more popular 
uh, exhibits that we had, and, and it's become a reality. You're starting to see a few more of those. Uh, you don't see the real exotic stuff uh, go into production, but you see a lot of sedans and small SUVs and compact utility vehicles, those kind of things that they'll they'll show and display and make a cornerstone of their production and actually put it put it into production. Right, yeah. People rave over that stuff. Well, I know you're going to get your uh, your steps in, uh, and if uh, people are listening, they're thinking, you know what, I want to go on a cool April day and get my steps in. It's a great place to do that because it's, uh, it's a huge facility, America's Center, downtown St. Louis, the St. Louis Auto Show. And for more information, go to stlouisautoshow.com. Doug Smith, thank you so much for joining me on KMOX. Thank you, boy. I appreciate it very much. All right, stick around. We're going to take a quick break, and then we are going to talk about viral videos. Is that a good thing, or is that a bad thing? That's coming up next. My name is Bo Matthews, and this is the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and what does it mean to go viral? Of course, we're not talking about uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic. Of course, if you Google the word viral, the dictionary on there says the adjective number one is of the nature of, caused by, or relating to a virus or viruses. I think we have all heard enough about uh, that kind of thing uh, regarding COVID-19 and the pandemic. Of course, it is viral. That's bad. Let's talk about the good viral. There is a good viral, and it can make you money, too. Uh, The second definition of the word viral on Google is relating to or involving an image, video, piece of information, etc., that is circulated rapidly or widely from one Internet user to another, and has it happened to you? Now, it has not happened to me. I really haven't had anything go viral, although I did go to my YouTube channel to see which videos that I've posted over the years has had the most views. And I'm happy to say that the number one view uh, video that I've had on my BowTube channel is what I call it, and you can search me at Bo Matthews on YouTube, has 34,298 views. Now, that seems like a lot, but I don't think it qualifies as viral, um, is an interview that I did with uh, Bob Chandler, the originator of Bigfoot, the monster truck, the original monster truck. It was a video I did back in January of 2018, so just a, a few years ago, and we just got into a great discussion. It was actually a, a pretty long inter- interview that I did with him, and it was very fun, and I've become really good friends with the whole family. The whole Chandler family is fantastic to work with. Their headquarters out in, uh, in Pacific now. If you haven't seen their new headquarters, you need to go out and check it out. But as I look at my stats of the videos that I posted, Bigfoot uh, 2018 is what it's titled, posted January 19th of 2018, 34,298 views, and I'm happy to say 96.3 are positive likes. So that's a good thing. Um, The next video that I had that had uh, 30,416 views as of right now with 98.9% likes is uh, Drake White uh, doing a song called Elvis. Drake White is a, a country singer, um, not not a mainstream country artist, but a phenomenal performer. And he's got a fan base, uh, not so much as Bigfoot does, because Bigfoot is world, worldly known, worldwide known. But Drake definitely uh, has a great following. So those are my two biggest viewed videos. Now, for a lot of people, that 
turns into currency. And and I'll explain. I mean, if you have ever gotten a, onto YouTube and just punched in viral video, boy, you can get on a rabbit hole and go down that thing and stay on it. I mean, we've all looked at, uh, you know, funny cat videos or babies, you know, saying words. There's, there's so many different things. And nobody knows. Nobody knows what is going to go viral until it happens. And I would say... The definition of a viral video, uh, you know, TikTok is really getting famous for that kind of thing, is to be in the millions. And who gets that? Now, we did have some uh, people in St. Louis uh, over the Halloween holiday that went viral with their candy shoot idea because of the pandemic and everybody wanted to stay away, but they still wanted to trick or treat and still get their candy delivered. Well, uh, we've had that person on the air and it was a, it was a great time. I don't know how many times that they were seen, but to be viral a lot of times is a positive. And that's why uh, I am going to be talking with my next guest in, in our next segment after the break. I want to find out the inner workings of it because I saw the video uh, that we are speaking of, of, of him basically falling on the ice on New Year's Eve. And, uh, and he's a St. Louis guy. Matter of fact, he was on my show uh, over the holidays. Uh, Brian Biskin is his name. And this video is his, uh, his security camera catching him walking down the stairs or attempting to walk down the stairs to go to his hot tub. And they were ice-covered stairs. And, boy, he went down hard. But the crazy thing is, I, after I saw that video, I reached out to him. I texted him. I said, hey, man. He said, I said, uh, the video was great. That was fantastic. He said, we've had so many views. And more importantly, companies have contacted him directly because they want to purchase the rights to his video for whatever reason. Uh, think back to uh, opportunities where you know somebody found uh, the face of Jesus on uh, a piece of toast that came out of the toaster and looked like Jesus was on there, or a potato with a cross in it, or you know something like that. Um, there was a, a famous casino that would buy these things up and put them on display, but. We're going to have Brian come on and explain what happens when you do go viral. What do you do? Because if these companies are reaching out to you, they find you, and they're offering you a chunk of change because they want to have the rights to what you have created that has gone viral, well, that has happened to him, and we're going to talk to him about that experience coming up. Uh, like I said, it's it's interesting to me. Again, I've never had something go viral you know, into the millions of views, but boy, that could be a goal, especially if you're thinking, hmm, you could, you could make some money on that. Uh, and and there, are, there are articles all over the internet on how you can monetize these things. Now, if you are a YouTube contributor and you just post things on YouTube, um, there, there's settings in there where you can monetize stuff. And it's interesting because uh, YouTube will pay you. If you have enough people watching your stuff, uh, they, they, will, they will pay you if it's your original video or photographs. Uh, but if you just go to YouTube into the search bar, punch in viral video, uh, I, I thought it was interesting. There is a video. It's called the 25 most viral videos of the year 2020, just last year. But it only has 38,000 views. What's up with that? But the videos in there are pretty funny, of course. I went down that rabbit hole to, to see what was uh, on there, and it was actually pretty funny. Um, whether it's cat videos or kid videos or pet videos, uh, uh, dog videos, there's so much stuff that we just, it's, it's a time suck, right? It just takes our time from our life when we get connected to these things, and that's what 
you know, uh, companies like YouTube are after. They're they're looking for more time, just like I want you to spend more time with me listening to this radio program or this podcast. Well, there there's a reason for that uh, because that can be there can be money connected to that. So if you thought, man, I got that video of my cousin, he fell off the roof of a whatever. Uh, well, you've got it in your phone probably. Well, you never know. Uh, but definitely, uh, there is rule number one to abide by if you have a viral video. And that is, oh wait, maybe maybe I should make you wait for it. Yeah, I'm going to make you wait for it because we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk to St. Louis's latest viral video star. And uh, it got... I can tell you this, it got millions of views. We're going to talk to Brian Biskin coming up next. After the break, after the check on news on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX, my name is Bo Matthews. It's The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX, and just before the new year, uh, I was a guest on a podcast that originated here in St. Louis called St. Louis Leaders, and the originator of that podcast is Brian Bisking. Well, Brian and I have uh, be- kind of become fast friends. I had him on my program here just a couple of weeks ago, and when you hear his voice, you'll recognize it. Uh, but the reason I'm having Brian back is because between then and now, he has become uh viral internet star hey brian how are you man <laughs> good bo how are you man uh i'm i'm great and i saw the video of you and i'll describe it here in just a moment because of course this is radio and you have to describe it in words um but there's a lot of reasons i wanted to talk to you because i've never known somebody that uh, has gone viral i guess except you yeah well you know <laughs> to be honest that uh, first time for me too so it's a whole new world and i'll tell you what it's uh it's very interesting. Okay, so let me let me try and describe, and you can correct me if if you want to. But the thing is, is I knew where you were headed because uh, I drive an old beater truck. I've got an old car that I drive, but you know what? I spoiled myself with a hot tub uh, several years ago, and I'm in that thing two, three times a day sometimes, just because that's my thought tub. That's where I do my best thinking, right? So, hey man, that's me too. So I see you on a cold, icy, wintry day that we had a couple of weeks ago, and I see you. You have a, a cocktail with you or a glass of something to drink. You have your you have your towel, you have a shirt on, and you have shorts. And I'm thinking, man, it's so cold. What is Brian doing? Oh, he's going to a hot tub, I guess. And that's where yep, you were headed right. to, right? Yep, that's correct. It was New Year's Day. Uh, so if anybody remembers New Year's Day, there was some ice on the ground. Yeah. Uh, we got a little ice on New Year's Eve, and uh, yeah, I was walking out my back door, heading down my steps of my deck to go sit in the hot tub. And and we've all been on that kind of ice, where you want to call it black ice or just an icy surface, and you're like, whoa, hold on, let me try and catch myself here. But you know what? That hot tub was calling you, like mine does. Now, my, my hot tub is three steps from my door, and I tell anybody that's getting one, put it three steps near your door. <laughs> but you have yours uh, down a flight of stairs off of your deck, and that hot tub was still calling your name. And so you were going to make it happen, weren't you? <laughs> I was determined. <laughs> okay. So so your whole body just kind of shimmers real quick on the ice. And then you grab the handle, the, the rail, and tell me what happens next. You make it down how many flights or how many stairs? Yeah. So I walk out on the, on the deck. And as soon as I took a step on the deck, I actually slipped. And in the video, you, if you get a chance to watch it, I slip and I even pause and I I, I look to my wife inside the dining room and I say, I'm okay. <laughs> I heard you say uh, that. Yep. Yeah. I said, I'm okay. And I take it down. I go, I make the first step and the second step, my left foot slipped on the ice. And then you, to your point, I had a towel in my left hand, my cell phone in my left hand, a cup of coffee in my right hand. 
and down I went 10 stairs down my deck into the bottom of my concrete pad. It was 10 and, stairs? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. so and it, this it is did your, not feel good. This is your, I, I'm sure, and th- this is your home security camera that caught it, yeah? Yeah, my Arlo system uh, on the back deck we have there. It's it's mainly for my dogs to keep an eye on my dogs in their backyard. That that's what caught it. And okay, so you go and you go all the way down to the bottom. Did, all the way down. Did you what what did you hit? Did you hit your head? I was worried about that mostly. No, I hit my right thigh, hit pretty hard in my right uh, forearm. Yeah, and you shared pictures of that on social media as well. And I'm going to, I'm going to post the original video on my Facebook page because everybody has to see it. So search for Bo Matthews page. It'll be on there, but the bruise, dude, it was like the size of a football. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it really, it really spans the whole entire right thigh uh, of my leg. Okay. So th- this is the real reason I wanted you to, to be on, uh, to explain your experience because yeah, the video, a lot of people saw it that, you know, in your circle, but tell me where we're at in numbers of views because we called you viral at the beginning of this conversation. Tell me what viral is. Yeah, so New Year's Day, I posted that the morning of New Year's Day uh, on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, honestly, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was funny. I put a little music to it. I just was trying to have a little fun. And by Friday night of New Year's Day, we had reached 500,000 views on TikTok alone. <laughs> And by today, we're at 5.7 million views on TikTok. Oh my I've had I've had 21 companies across the United States reach out trying to purchase the video. What? Uh, yeah, by so, the for the long. Go ahead. So, so what do you do with that though? Well, I had companies like Barstool Sports. I had uh, I had company called Jukin Media, which is the largest media buyer for viral videos in the country, reach out to me, and. You know, they provided me these terms that I had to agree to, which basically states that, you know, they own the video, they own the rights to the video, they license the video. Um, and I no longer I no longer can do anything with the video. And I, I didn't want to sell it. I just I was like, I, I wasn't trying to make money off of this. But after m- multiple uh, conversations with a company out of L.A. called Jukin Media. I eventually did release the rights of the video to them. I'm still able to share it personally and use it however I want personally. We we changed some terms in their agreement um, so that I could I could still you know share it and use it however I feel personally. But so now they're going they're going to license it and they're going to try to sell it to who knows who knows who they're going to sell it to. But um, you know I it was a, it was a whirlwind of experience because my, they were calling my dad, my sister, my wife. I don't know how they got our cell phone numbers, but um, all these companies were trying to buy this video because it went viral. You know, that's been my biggest uh, my biggest frustration with uh, cell phones now. There's not a, a yellow pages or a white pages you can go to. I know you can Google, but to, to find an actual person like yourself. By the way, we're talking to Brian Bisking. He is the owner of St. Louis Leaders Podcast. And again, just on my show uh, over the holidays, um, has gone viral. Um, and But you, and, and the reason I wanted you on was because everybody's filming everything. I mean, we see that, we saw it in Washington, D.C., where everybody's got a camera going all the time, it seems like. And we're yep. always going to catch something that, you know, people will laugh at or go, oh, my goodness, or whatever. Um, but when these companies are coming to you, you've got to you can't just like sell it to the first person. You have to lawyer up, don't you? Yeah. I, so I, my best friend happens to be a lawyer. He actually lives in Washington, D.C. And the first thing I did when the agreement came out, I sent it to him and I said, what, what do you think? And he redlined that thing up and down, left and right. Um, and so the, there were some negotiations back and forth. And like I said, originally I didn't want to sell it, but 
you know, I, um, I decided, well, what the heck it's let's let somebody else have a little fun with it. You know, I I've had my fun, my day in the spotlight, right. <laughs> it's, it's been there. And so now, you know, I'm sure they'll market it. They'll, you know, I said, it'd be great to market it to a, a, a salt company, you know, put salt in your deck. Don't slip and fall. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's unbelievable. I, and, uh, not to, uh, it didn't, it, you didn't like pit companies against each other. It wasn't a bidding war. Like you hear like the rag mags, you know, for photo, you know, rights and things like that. No, I didn't do any of that. I just, you know, I wanted some of the like barstool sports, for example, they would have owned the name to my, the rights to my name. Like oh I, I wouldn't have in. And so there was things that I didn't want to give up, uh, for, I mean, for obvious reasons. And so, uh, Juke and media out of LA or their family owned organization, smaller company. And I just, the CEO actually, and I talked and, uh, it, it made me feel a little more comfortable to give them the rights to it. And, you know, nothing may come of it. You know, basically how that works is I get a percentage now of every, every, uh, if they sell that, I get a percentage of the revenue from that video. Oh, for, uh, but, so the, the forever, forever. Yeah. Good so, for you. But, but who knows? They may, nobody may buy it either. So, you know, that's kind of the risk is, you know, they purchase it. And if they, if, if they can sell it to a, a company who purchases it, then I'll get, you know, a percentage of that revenue for the rest of my life. And, and if, if nobody buys it, then I get nothing and they get nothing. Yeah. So that's kind of how uh, yeah. I've kind of been in those deals too, but you know what? Hey, it's, it's a chance. Uh, you made an agreement that you're happy with, with a lawyer. So that's good advice yep. for anybody that's thinking, oh, man, I got that video of grandma falling. Hey, get a lawyer. Uh, yep. because my wife and I, uh, you know, when we go to bed at night, we usually turn the TV on to ridiculousness and all those video clips, <laughs> but they always say, don't send your videos to us. Cause we're not going to watch them. Uh, like, exactly. the old, like the old jackass one, but this is how they do it. They, they, buy videos and the rights to them like this. I can do it. I can tell you, I can see this in like a Super Bowl commercial down the road uh, or something. That would be huge. I, I'm, I'm just excited for you. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, it's it, what's been most fun for me is, and you know, I'm, I'm one of those types of people that can just laugh at myself, but if you read the comments on my TikTok or on Instagram or Facebook, <laughs> some of these people just, they just dog me, you know, his, you know, left and right about what I did. Why, why would you even try that? And you know what? It's been hilarious to sit there with my wife and read some of these comments and just laugh at people, you know, having a good time and laughing at me at a time when our country needs some laughter. Absolutely. The, the, the you know, the keyboard warriors, they call them uh, that boy, they can be mean though oh you got to be careful yeah. of that um yeah. so so bottom line you are physically okay yep i'm doing good and uh and uh is there talk about moving the hot tub a little closer to the door <laughs> that you can get i'm telling you well ironically my wife and i uh put a contract on a new home over the holidays and the hot tub will no, no longer be where it'll be at i'll have a walkout basement from now on so <laughs> it, it'll be th it'll literally be three steps from the door it, you know what and that's my hey that's my rule a buddy of mine uh, seriously just a year ago bought one he goes hey I, I bought a hot tub like you told me to do and i said put it close to your house he put it like 30 steps away from his house i'm like dude you'll never be in it and yeah. even when it's snow there's nothing better than snow tub day uh, I know that's just me. Anyway, uh, Brian, thank you so much for joining me on the program and sharing your experience, not so much about the fall, but about the inner workings of, Hey, what happens when you do go viral? You got to protect yourself and lawyer up. So I'm glad you had that, uh, that, uh, backup, uh, of having a lawyer as a friend. Um, but Hey, what a great way to start the new year. Right. I, I definitely welcomed it with a bang. <laughs> uh, Self-preservation uh, by having that hot tub three steps from your door. Brian Bisking, check him out at St. Louis Leaders. I'm actually one of the guests on his podcast. Uh, good luck. Be careful. And uh, good luck in the new home with the hot tub three steps away. Thank you, sir. <laughs>
And again, you can see Brian's viral video by going to my Facebook page. Just search Bo Matthews, B-O-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S. My name is Bo Matthews, and stay right there. We've got more for you next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and in this segment, I want to talk about tipping and how you go about tipping in this new world that we live in with, you know, the pandemic and you can't go to a restaurant very easily anymore. You can't sit down with a big group of people. Restaurants can only accommodate 25% of their capacity. The service industry, the restaurants included have been hit so hard. uh, They can have, you know, 25% of their capacity and that's it because of the coronavirus. Nobody wants to spread that around. Well, when it comes to tipping, we heard late in 2020 about the tipping challenge was If you sit down at a restaurant and your bill is, say, $23, the tipping challenge, you know, person to person, paying it forward, was to pay a tip of $23 to your server, if that's what your bill was, matching basically what you consumed. Well, now we have to talk about the delivery people, the people in the gig economy, DoorDash, Grubhub, Instacart, all these companies that are bringing your groceries or your restaurant food is there an etiquette for tipping these people? Because they're working really hard, and actually a lot of these people are former servers at restaurants, and now they're you know trying to make ends meet by doing the delivery thing. Well, there's a video that's gone viral on a young lady who was working for a delivery company delivering restaurant food, and she was not happy with the tip that was given to her on the bill. And in this contactless delivery world we're living in right now, uh, this guy is actually talking to the delivery driver through his security camera. I believe it. I need to speak to you. I don't think you realize where they're coming from, so I need to speak to you. Where what's coming from? I drove 40 minutes, and it was extremely far, and I got it to you early. So I don't think you realize where you work from. I'm not, I don't understand. Do you realize how far it is? That's a, that's a 15, 20-minute drive. It's not. You need to try to drive it. I just drove it. It's 40 minutes. So I don't think you realize how far it is. So but what I do think you have to pick up if you think it's that far? I, they don't let us know how far. So I think you need to adjust your tip to make it right. How much is the tip? You gave an $8 tip. What the hell are you looking for? I gave an $8 Okay, I'm going to bring the food back. I'm going to bring the food back. Okay. So because the man did not adjust his tip to be bigger than the $8 that he had already tipped her, she brings the food back to the restaurant. So the guy never gets his food, which I guess that probably isn't the worst of things that could have happened. I I was always told as a kid, hey, make sure you tip your waiters and waitresses good because they handle your food that you're going to put in your body. So anyway, I did a Google search to find out, okay, how do you tip your DoorDash driver or any one of these other companies out there, Grubhub and Instacart? And they say if you are unsure about the size of the tip for the dashers, then think of the same rules that apply when you dine at a restaurant or when a pizza guy brings your delivery. Now, let me reference this. I did the Domino's delivery when I was in college, and uh, I was thrilled. I'd, I'd get the money for the pizza, and if there was an extra dollar or two, whew, I was I was in hog heaven. So listen to this. In the United States, it is customary to tip 15 to 20% in restaurants. But you can help top uh, up the wages of the DoorDash drivers if you tip them generously and help them earn more for their efforts. I mean, they are risking their lives to bring you your food. And I'm not poking fun. I mean, they are offering a great service. 
Now, on the DoorDash website, you can find information about how the system works. For each delivery, dashers always receive at least a guaranteed minimum, though the exact amount that they earn depends on three factors. Base pay, promotions, and tips. Base pay depends on factors such as the estimated duration of the delivery, like, as this young lady said, 40 minutes for her delivery time or driving time, the distance, 12 miles, and the priority of the delivery. Now, when it comes to promotions, the DoorDash drivers are encouraged to work during the busy hours when customers order more deliveries. So let's say the base pay is $2. There are no more promotions included, and the customer tips $4. In this scenario, to ensure that a driver receives a guaranteed minimum, a company adds a difference between the guaranteed minimum and a sum of the base pay and the customer's tips. So, To put it in plain English, let's say, though, the customer happens to be more generous, tips $7 instead of the $4, $2 comes from the base pay, $7 from the customer, and if the guaranteed minimum is $10, then the company adds the additional dollar to make it right. Even though the customer gave a larger tip, the earnings of the driver haven't changed. Sure, if the base pay plus tip are above the guaranteed minimum, then DoorDash drivers earn more money, and that's how they do it. Now, uh, anytime uh, this subject comes up about uh, the gig economy, I always think of a guy who's out there hustling a lot, and we're going to talk to him. His name is James. We're going to find him somewhere in American Delivering. We'll talk to him next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. All right, so whenever I have questions about how do you, uh, you know, tip, let's say, your delivery person, uh, I always think of a guy who is probably – the master hustler of the gig economy. His name is James Little, and uh, and his girlfriend, uh, wife. What what is she right now? She's the girlfriend. Her name's Danielle. Significant other. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Okay. So these two uh, do this, and they've been doing this for a long time. James has been doing this for a really long time, and uh, Danielle just started uh, working with DoorDash. What we're talking about, James, and we want the people to understand, this has been a weird time in the last, you know, 10, 11 months now, and more and more people are using your services of delivering stuff to their home, whether it's groceries or whether it's food. Uh, The companies that you guys work uh, with, can we say? Sure, sure, sure. Um, I I work with uh, Lyft, DoorDash, a company called Waiter, uh, which is food food delivery when I'm in other different states. we have uh, Postmates, we have Instacart, wow. we have shipped grocery delivery, uh, Roadie, which does like luggage delivery. If you lose your luggage at Lambert, we'll come <laughs> bring it to you. Home Depot delivery with Roadie. You're doing uh, it all, man. You're doing it all. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, when people talk about someone who uh, basically writes their own paycheck, that's me. Uh, I've been doing this stuff for seven years. Wow. So uh, I loving every minute of it. That's why I get to travel this great nation of ours. That's awesome. Um, doing it. So. And you are. Yeah. You're you're a traveling delivery company, you two. I mean, you, this is what you guys do. So the reason I wanted you on, James, was to give a perspective for the people listening that are using these services on tipping, just the tipping aspect, because we heard what happened with the DoorDash delivery from the lady. She was not happy with the tip, so she decided she was going to take the food back to the restaurant and not give the guy his food because he was giving her an $8 tip. Now, I'll be honest with you. When I was going through broadcasting school way back in the day, uh, I was I was running for dominoes, and I would make pretty good money doing it. 
but you know, it's a dollar here, $2 there, but that's many years ago. Talk to me about your tipping experiences that you guys have had uh, working with the different platforms you're working with. So because I work with multiple platforms, okay, and DoorDash and also Grubhub are basically two of my food delivery companies I do business with, um, in regards to DoorDash specifically, um, if you've been doing this long enough, okay, if an order comes in, okay, and the order's like $3, you'll never see me ever take a $3 order. The reason why is because the customer did not tip, okay? okay? Yep. The, the, the thing that most people have to realize is that we don't work for DoorDash. We don't work for Grubhub. No, you work for yourself. Yeah, we're independent contractors. They don't give us insurance. They don't give us any of that kind of stuff. We also got to pay for our own maintenance on our vehicles. Like, I just got four brand-new tires on my car. Right. Uh, Thanks to my mom and my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So so you're paying for all these things, and so when you get an order, uh, you know, DoorDash delivery to, you know, this food going to somebody, do you know ahead of time how much your tip is or no? So I don't – we don't exactly know how much the tip is, but we can always tell that if it's – if it's three dollars, no, they didn't tip. But if it's like six dollars, normally the tip's about three bucks. Wow. Okay. Like like a hundred percent of the time, it, if it's a six, if if it shows I'm getting paid six dollars, um, then I know it's a three dollar a three dollar uh, a three dollar tip. Um, the the other thing I was going to say too is this is in regards to uh, knowing how much the order is and things like that. The one big thing is, is the distance that we have to go to go to where you live. Which you know uh-huh. ahead of time. I put my food order in. You know you've got to go 12 miles or whatever it is. And so then you've got to figure out, how, is it worth it to you, right? That is 100% correct. You nailed it on the head. <laughs> okay. So, so it, it, you know, is the customary tip of 15 to 20% that you would pay if you're sitting at a restaurant the same as your experience as a driver, uh, a delivery person? Are you getting 15 to 20%, would you say? I'm going to say no. We, 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 we actually don't because there's customers that have big orders, right, okay? right. And, you know, I always, this is the way that I look at it, is that if someone tips at least $5, $5 at a minimum, okay, that makes me want to stop what I'm doing to deliver their food. Because there's times when the customer may not tip anything or may tip very little. And I've seen, I've talked to friends of mine in the St. Louis area that also do this. Um, that will say they've seen orders bounce like back like six or seven times, uh, you know, between different drivers because no one wants to take the order because either one it's too far, two the tip's not big enough. Okay, right? Because we gotta we gotta pay for fuel in our car. I get it. I get it. So, um, you know, as I've told my girlfriend Danielle here, um, is that um, we have to maximize every single order. We have to maximize. Like I actually just got done doing, or we just got done doing a, um, uh, a Petco, uh, and it and it was nineteen dollars. It was like it was nineteen dollars and fifteen cents for like nineteen miles. Now we did that one simply because it was right around a dollar a mile. So um, anything a dollar a mile or over, 
is a great order. Okay, you're going to have to explain something to me because, you know, I live rurally, so I don't get to use these great services like you guys do. Um, and I, I know there are some companies that do rural delivery, but are you are you saying the purchase was $19 or you knew ahead of time that they were going to pay you $19 for that they were gonna that they were going to pay us $19. DoorDash was going to charge the customer $19 on top of what they ordered. That was going to that was going to be going to you, right? Well, it all depends on if the customer had free delivery. Okay? If oh. they had free delivery then you know, I don't see that, right? Okay. Um, I mean, I'm not sure how much they get charged because this is actually one of the first Petco deliveries I've done. Normally it's mainly food. Yeah. Uh, but this was actually two different customers. Uh, 19 miles for 1915. Um, but I know that normally they that that DoorDash charges like I'm going to say 3.99, 4.99, something in that ballpark. Okay. Uh, plus a service fee kind of thing. Uh, we as drivers do get to keep 100 percent of the tips. Um, but I um, I will also tell you this too. You know I've watched the video. Um, that you were talking about there. Yeah. And um, as a person that does this full-time and travels and does it, um, that was 100% wrong, in my honest opinion, um, because we don't have to take orders. Right. You know what I mean? If you don't want to take an order, you don't have to take it. Um, so she had, I mean, she had some information to help make that decision. So, okay, so we're talking yeah. to James and Danielle. They work in the gig economy uh, delivering. Uh, so both of you, I want to ask you both your best experience, your biggest tip you ever got. Of course, I'm sure you remember it. So my biggest tip I ever got was actually $60 tip. Whoa, that was a good day. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was actually out of the Oh, really? <laughs> well, we need to deliver to Ladue a whole lot more. Now, Danielle, how about you? What's your best tip you've ever gotten doing the gig economy? 15 bucks. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. Okay, so have you been stiffed? Have you gotten nothing as a tip before? Like like maybe once or twice. I mean, the, the one thing I can say is, um, and, and we just talked about food delivery, so to move on to like rideshare, like Lyft and Uber, okay? Mm-hmm. The, the one thing we hear the most of is this. I'll tip you on the app. Whenever we hear the words, I'll tip you on the app, we never get tipped on the app. Right? Uh, probably about 85% of customers that use these services tip well. Yeah, they you're, really, do, yeah, you're doing really, them a favor. You're doing them a favor, right? They don't have to get out of their, yeah. gro- their PJs. They don't have to get out and, and drive in the weather or whatever. So you're doing multiple platforms of delivery and, and ride shares. Is it best for the driver to get a cash tip, though? A hundred and ten percent. Yes, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And, and that is because then we don't have to pay taxes on that. Well, we're not saying that publicly, are we? No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, it's got to be hard to keep track of. But you know, a lot of people that don't have cash on them. You know, everybody's got a card in their pocket, but no cash. Um, <laughs> that's all changing too. So if you hear, I'm going to tip you on the app, you know, that's not going to happen. But is there another way that people can tip you with their card? Um, like a lot of us have square, square readers. Oh yeah. A lot of us have PayPal accounts. We also have cash app. And I'm trying to think, was there one more? 
Um, I think that was basically about it. Cash App, Square, sure. PayPal. Because I used to have a card reader. I would just attach it to my phone right. and, and, and take tips that way. Yeah. We want the best experience for you because you guys are doing all the work because I'm still in my PJs. And it's <laughs> cool to know that you're traveling around the country doing this. We also document our uh, our travels on YouTube. It's called Never Ending Travel. Hey, man. You know what? You're out there uh, seeing this beautiful country we have. Okay. And are you keeping track of how many miles you've been doing this in the, all the years you've been doing gig economy? Because truckers keep track of this stuff. They got 2 million miles, 3 million miles. For the year of 2020, I was on the road for 1,698 hours, totaling 54,387 miles. Wow. Thanks again, Mom and Dad, for the new tires. Yeah, everybody should thank my mom for those new tires. Uh, go see her at Magic's Direct in Arnold. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my gosh. And, 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 and her name is Sandy. Okay, well, we'll go by and say say hi to Sandy and thank her for your mm-hmm. new tires. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bo. All right, he's making it work. My name is Bo Matthews. Stick around. If you've been watching the headlines this week and you've also been following the stock market, you might be going, what is going on? Because the the headlines are what they are. The stock market is through the roof. We're going to talk with Dave Simons coming up next from UBS Financial Services on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Stay right there. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and boy, this country has started off the new year uh, with a big bang. And, uh, you know, it's been a crazy, crazy week in the headlines as far as what's going on in Washington, D.C. and uh, where we're at now. But the one thing that just baffles me, um, and I don't have a lot of knowledge uh, about the, uh, the you know, stock market, uh, the financial investments, but if you have noticed anything, the, the stock market is just huge right now. I mean, it's it's record numbers and stocks like uh, Tesla. I think they, they hit over $800 a share uh, just this week. And that's, that's amazing to me. So I wanted to find out from a, a financial uh, professional that could maybe shed some light on us. If you're looking at the stock market, you're looking at your 401k and you're thinking, Look, looking good to me. Uh, I have Senior Vice President of Investments from UBS Financial Services, Dave Simons, uh, on the line with me. How are you, Dave? I'm great, Bo. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year to you. Can you explain, uh, of course, guys like you and and people in your industry understand the histories and and the ups and the downs. Can you kind of shed some light on how this year is starting off? Is this normal uh, election year information? What's your what's your take on the on the stock market? Well, no, this, this isn't necessarily normal, but you bring us some great points because a lot of people are confused, Bo, when they look at what's happening in our country. Uh, whether it's the, the actual election results themselves or what happened in, in Washington this week. Right. And, and really, you can even go back to the election itself and, and say, wow, that wasn't exactly what I thought would be market friendly. And the market's really been going up since the election. November and December were strong. We're off to a strong um, um, 2021. So here's the deal. I've always told people, be careful using politics as a guide to making investment decisions, because Wall Street doesn't. Wall Street is apolitical. Wall Street looks at, are we going to be able to make money this year? Right. How's the economy? <laughs> right. And so the market looks ahead three to six months. Obviously, we've got this other thing, you might have heard of it, called the pandemic going <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, yeah, I think that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, um, but the market knows that things hopefully will get better. And so it says, 
the economy is going to really rebound and it's going to rebound in a strong way. So we're going to look ahead and we're going to see that things are going to be much better. And that's what we're focusing on. So that's number one. Number two, if we bring this to politics, the market looks at this and says, "Okay, Democrats now have a majority and they are much more likely to pass even larger stimulus packages. Now, people can debate the merits of that's right or wrong. It doesn't matter. The market is saying that's what we want. We want more money. We want more easy money in the system that propels stocks higher. And that's what you are seeing. The market overlooks the shenanigans in Washington and overlooks Democrat versus Republican and says, are IBM's earnings going up this year? Are people going to shop at Home Depot? Are they going to buy more Apple products? We think they are. Therefore, stock prices go higher. Okay, and and I know there's always a, uh, a a disclaimer that you know don't don't make any decisions based on this conversation. I just wanted to talk to somebody that does live in this world on a regular basis and understands. Um, would you say that the market uh, started to turn? And I'm not really tuned into it. I mean, I look at it for my 401k. But uh, when the pan- oh, I'm sorry, when the vaccine was announced that you know that they have two companies that have vaccines for the coronavirus, uh, did you see an uptick in the market then? Yes, we did. Um, not as big as maybe some people expected, and that's because it was already factored into stock prices. Gotcha. Again, Wall Street looks ahead and says, hey, someday we're going to have a vaccine. So when the news was actually released, we've got something that's 94% effective. Right. America said terrific, and the market said, yeah, okay. And it went up a little bit. Because the market, again, is a predictive mechanism and already had factored that in. That's why I'm I'm, on the other side of this, Bo, I'm cautioning people not to think all of a sudden the market is going to explode to the upside later this year when we do have successful herd immunity and we do have the success of a majority of Americans getting the shot and the economy is starting to rebound. What I'm telling people is you might actually see a little bit of a sell-off, not a, not a major crash, but a little bit of a sell-off. That's what happens because the market's already moving higher in anticipation of all of those positive developments. So when they do occur, the market says, thank you very much. That's what we thought. Now we're going to take some profits. It is amazing. Now, uh, we are talking with the Senior Vice President of Investments at UBS Financial Services, Dave Simons. Uh, Dave, can you look back in your in the history of the uh, stock market of anything that's been similar to the environment we're in now uh, to the 1940s, the 1960s? I mean, anything like this uh, that because we always hear it's cyclical, right? It's always going to come back. It's always, you know, and and, you know, we all uh, as investors, you know, just got our 401 case sitting over there uh is it is there another time in history that you can go yeah this seems like a lot like 1970 whatever well 2020 was <laughs> unprecedented it was. there is no history um that that comes close to what we experienced we set a record for the fastest drop into bear market territory last march we, we fell third more than 30 percent in five weeks that had never happened before so mm-hmm. there's no history we all then subsequently had the fastest rebound in history. The market then from the bottom went up more than 50% off the bottom fastest in history. Wow. So great question. There's no precedent there. Now, as we've started off in 2021, still too early to tell, but uh, the first trading day of the year 
was down. And it was actually, I think, about the eighth or ninth worst first day of the year. But that's just one day we don't we don't bring too much to that. I'll give you one more stat since we're looking at history. I just I just did some research after it was declared that both Georgia's Senate seats went Democrat. And I thought, okay, since World War Two, how many years have the Democrats controlled everything? White House, both members of uh, uh, Congress. And what did the market do? And I found since 1945, that has happened 20 years, and the market has been up 16 of those 20 years. Wow. And 14 of those 16 years, it was a double-digit gain. And even when you take in the down years, the average return of all 20 years was 12.1%. Now, I, I take no sides here. Uh, I have my own personal political predilections, but right, I do right. not. I do not bring that to the table when I actually go to work. I have to be agnostic. And I look at that stat and I say, okay, I think that might surprise a lot of people. Well, here we are. We're about to have the 21st and 22nd year of Democrats controlling everything. Let me now give the disclaimer and say past performance, is no guarantee of future <laughs> right. results. No, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. And, and you but have all to I, say that. You know. all, I, all, all I can tell you is 20 years of history of, of what we have politically has actually been pretty good for the markets. Man, it's just amazing. And, you know, I mean, we've all seen businesses have to shutter door, you know, shutter uh, up uh, completely. And it's been very sad to see that. But where yes. where those die off, others, others gain strength. So, you know, at, at least... Like like the vaccine, Dave. They, they, it was hope, right? We 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 had hope, and that's why we had a little surge in the market. Uh, and moving into this new year, it's been crazy already just in the first week. But there's hope that some normalcy could come back. I'm, I say as a question mark um, for the world. Yes, and and that's why the market. I think you just nailed it, Bo. I think that's why the market has gotten off to a pretty good year. In fact, also had a good November, December. It is hope. Yeah. And it, it's not it's not misplaced hope. I mean, it's real. We we do see that. You also touched on something, though, with with businesses that have closed and unemployment, even though it's come you know way down from the peak in, in April. Right. It's still a little bit elevated. Um, that's been one of my bigger issues that I've really lamented through all of this. And that is the the, the bifurcated economy that we have. We have folks who have done very well through this pandemic and have really participated in the market and others who spent 20 years building up a business and now they have nothing. Yeah, yeah. And everybody and has so, their own way, too. And, and I'll, I'll share yeah. this with you. One one person I know uh, when the market crashed back in April, was it March? Uh, March, March. March. Yeah. Uh, the guy took a second loan on his home so he could invest more money in the market. And mm. I recently talked to him and he's thrilled. Everything's up. He's done, you know, he's done well for himself, but not, not that I'm recommending that, <laughs> That's but, right. but, but at that time that was, that was his move. But, uh, man, I thank you so much for, uh, for joining me on the program. Cause I, I just, I, I knew it looked odd to me, just a, an average civilian, uh, that doesn't know what you know. Uh, so thank you very much for your time. And, uh, and now that we've got this communication line open, I'd like to keep it, uh, for other things in the near future. Absolutely, Bo. Would love to do it. Thank you. That's Dave Simons, the Senior Vice President of Investments, UBS Financial Services. Where can they find you, Dave? Uh, actually, they can find me on X Sunday uh, as I host my Dollars and Cents show. So uh, I'll be talking to everybody live there and go into a little bit more detail of what we just discussed. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dave.
You bet, Bo. Okay, and I think we will leave it at that. My name is Bo Matthews. Thank you so much for listening to the program. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next weekend on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.